Chris, did you have something you wanted to tell me about? Oh, I did, Jake. Oh, I'm interested in things that people tell me about at the beginning of podcasts. Well, I'm here to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus, a streaming television service for your computer and your various mobile devices. Go to HuluPlus.com slash thumbs for a two-week free trial. That sounds really cool, Chris. Thanks for telling me about it at the beginning of our episode. It is cool, Jake, and you're welcome. Anything uh, else to tell me about? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, this is Idle Thumbs 163. I'm Chris Remo. What? That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. I'm Jake Rodkin. Are we going to be in the podcast now? Are we just doing this? Uh, it's up to you. You're the you're the, the guy. I'm the guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's fine. That's fine. You're Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're joined by Danielle Riendo. Hey, Danielle. Hi, guys. Uh, also, if you were wondering, because I know I really care that people know this or not, it is uh, June eighteenth, twenty fourteen. But uh, <laughs> God, I, I was I needed that. I know. Whew. I think it is at least. Yeah, people got to know what day it is. Yeah, you know. I I don't really care if it's accurate. I just need someone to tell me that it's a date. I just need to know that it's December a day 12th. of the time. Nineteen oh two. If Jake says Whoa. it, if, if Jake says it, it's fine. Like as long as Jake just says something. As right. long as I say a date authoritatively. Authority yeah. Yes. yeah. I just need to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if people ever hear me say the date at the beginning of the podcast and go, oh, that's like four days out of date, and then don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, where's the new video game news? Yeah. Because we're a video game news well, podcast. That's already appropriate to us because we're probably going to just talk about more E3 stuff now because Danielle's Yay. here. E3 stuff. I mean, I don't have anything else to talk about. Wow. What? That's that's fine. I just mean Danielle actually knows things that happened and we don't, but they're old now. Yeah, that's true. There's all sorts of things that happened a week ago that are really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you're really pumped on E3. Yeah. It's a rare... It's a rare day that a journalist comes back from E3, or, uh, sorry, a human comes back from E3 <laughs> An and is like, it's like, yes, E3, ah, oh, because, like, I could see going, like, you're like, oh, maybe there's going to be some cool stuff. At least cool any stuff. human whose livelihood relies on right. anything If you were paid to, to go to E3 and you come back stoked, it's a yeah. crazy situation, because the E3 yep. curve mm-hmm. usually is going downward at this point. Like, maybe at the show, there's sometimes like, oh, maybe it's not so bad after all. And then, like, you just get totally beat down over the next two days. Or, like, at the beginning, you're excited, and then you, your eyes see the L.A. Convention Center for the first time, and you're like, oh, God, okay, it's that... There we go. The, yeah. Either yeah. PlayStation or Call of Duty's got the big ad in front. There it is. I had the opposite experience this year. I was dreading going, like, you wouldn't believe. I Like, for a week before, I was like, oh, God. You had, like, a nega E3. Oh, God, I can't believe, like, back to E3. Oh, I know how that feels. Yeah. 
and it ended up being this is my 53 and this ended up being oh man so our we're just inverted because this is oh, really? i think my fifth year of not going to e3 oh it's super funny i yeah. think we had a year of overlap then because i started going in 2009 and I missed 2012. 2009 was my last year. Three. Oh, I haven't been to E3 for overlap. eight years. <laughs> oh. Eight years? Wait, when did you last go? 2006. Wow. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Then big Nintendo yeah. year, I guess. I think I lost maybe. one in 2009. Yeah. Okay. I went to E3. Possibly for, I went to E3 for seven years and I haven't gone for eight. Sorry. No, uh, that's, that's just cool. a crazy realization that I've, I've now flipped to the other side. Yeah. I'm, I'm now a hopelessly out of date E3 guy. Anyway. Well, this means now, I'm, now I've spent half of my video game career not going to E3. I guess I think I've got a five, I had five there and then five not. I there. think I can define myself as a 21st century like E3 hipster. Where <laughs> I, I stopped in 2006 when they said that they were reformatting E3 to be a media yeah. conference the, the next one. year. I didn't go to that one. Oh. All right, so Danielle, what was good about it? Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, last year it was fine. I guess it was it was all about the, sort of the big hardware reveals. It was about you know the Xbox One, the PS4, you know who shit on who with their press conference that sort of thing. But this year, there were actually really good games that I really enjoyed playing, cool. which is, you know, not the typical E3 thing um, by far and away. I can just sort of tell you about the cool games. Yeah, why don't you tell us about video games on our podcast? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go alphabetically. Um, what? Whoa. Okay. Alien Isolation. Your brain works in yes, a way okay, that no, my brain doesn't but whatever. Who No, cares? I'm impressed. <laughs> Irrelevant because we're starting with Alien Isolation, which is the game that I want to hear the most about. Yes. Because I'm obsessed with that game after the trailers they put out that were good. Okay. It's really, really, really good. How much of it good. did you play? I played maybe half an hour or so. Okay. And then I got literally... Okay. So I was playing this game and it's in like a stupid thing that's supposed to look like the barracks from, yeah, it's like a you goofy know, whatever. Thing. The goofy E3 thing. You yeah. know, I kind of showed up and I was like, okay, you know. Cool goofy booth. Cool goofy booth. I'm I'm predisposed to like this game because it's an actual horror game and it's set uh, in the you know <clears throat> in the first movie basically or yeah, around the, the time the of the first the alien. Movie. There's one alien. There aren't ten million aliens. There's no guns. There's no space marines. Nothing like that. You're actually just That's scared awesome. and hiding from an alien. Is there a robot Ian Holm? There are robots, but they're not like Ash. They're they're a little bit more. Um, they're a little more primitive. They kind of have faces, but they're sort of like the dummy, the crash test dummy face okay. and sort of thing. Uh, there are a few of them, supposedly, and they're also a threat, but you Sorry, also have to okay. hide. I was immediately about to start asking things like, when they are attacked, do they bleed like milk and beads? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I that, didn't attack one. Because that image, sorry, that's a total the yogurt flying face off into space. Kind yeah, of when, yeah. Yeah. when he's just ripped apart, it was the grossest, weirdest yeah, construct. That was a really like it's, it was effective. It's good, it was yeah. a, it stuck in my brain forever. It was more disgusting than the chestburster, I think, far and away. Yeah, like the, the yeah, gross, sure. milky, Definitely. yogurty. Bleh. Yeah, yeah. It's way grosser than actual. Blood. And then it dries, and it's like in, it's like crusted on. Yeah, and like just because you can imagine that the chestburster thing is like complete fantasy, essentially. You know, like yeah, obviously, but it's still also it's viscera that you're familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, right. That's also true. except for the but, alien. But the right. yeah, the milk thing. The thing with the milk is like it forces you to be more active in your imagination. Right. It's really true. It's really true. And uh, yeah, that chest burster is like I don't know. There's, it's just such a like childbirth kind of scene where it's mm -hmm. like it's gross yeah, yeah. and everybody finds it you know disturbing, but it's it's so close to something that happens in reality that it's you know. Yeah, but the weird stuff that comes out of Ian Holm. Yeah, oh. that stuff is not natural. <laughs> I wonder if someone's going to complain that we're spoiling Alien. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How many years ago? 1979. Whatever. Right? Instead, so. you should spoil the uh, Alien E3 demo. Oh, I will. So, I mean, it's only a tiny slice of the game, for sure. Um, but they are only a few months out. They're coming out in October. I think October 7th. Yeah, I did a little 
write-up of this, so I know all the facts. Mm -hmm. Just the facts, ma'am. Okay, anyway. Uh, you're basically, you're playing as... ma'am. That's a classic misquote. <sighs> well, you know, I had to misgender it. In the original show, anyway. All right, well, you know. Sorry, sorry. He says I'm the goggles, they up. do nothing. He says, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. Okay, so you're basically, you're playing as Amanda Ripley, who is Ellen Ripley's daughter. Oh, God, I just hit the thing. That's okay. Um, and the fiction actually kind of makes sense because it's 15 years after sort of Alien has happened. And mm -hmm. she is grown up now because she's a little girl when uh, Ellen Ripley takes off in the fiction or whatever. Um, and she's an engineer, and so she's smart, and she wants to know what happened to her mother. She So she goes to this space station, and, of course, there's an alien on it. It's eaten almost everybody, and horrible things are happening. So you basically start out in the demo... Uh, you're in this this little area, sort of like a, you know, of the spaceship, a living area of the spaceship. There's food, that little, um, you know, sort of like the water duck that, right. that sort of that's going. Yeah, sorry. I know that's not great radio when I'm doing this, but. Danielle is simulating a water duck a with her hand. A water duck <laughs> that dips into a cereal bowl. Yes. Yes. Picture it now. And you basically have your motion tracker where you can see where the alien is. Oh. You to, when um, you said that, I started imagining like connect and stuff. Okay. No, I was mean, like, wait, this is a, like this a handheld is device. Motion tracker. Yes, it's a handheld 70s ass looking device that okay. beeps in the same sound sure. effects yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as sort of the, uh -huh. uh, the movies. Yep. And there's an alien stalking you right away. You don't really have any sort of safe area. So I actually died in the first 30 seconds of playing the demo. I was eaten horribly and it was really scary. And I jumped and I screamed and I made a scene. It was great. Um, <laughs> Good. I quickly found out that you kind of need to hide in a locker, like almost immediately, right when the demo sort of starts up. You have to hide in a locker. Does that feel like a trial and error puzzle thing, or is it good? Um, I mean, it did a little bit in this demo. They, they sort of reassured me that, you know, in the actual game, you're going to, you know, they'll ease you in a little okay, bit. Okay, that's not the beginning but... of the game. No, no, no. Oh, this okay, is actually that's fine. a slice sort of in Stuff the middle Stuff like that of the game. is like, I find it to be really frustrating at times. What, like, I talked about Wolfenstein a couple of weeks ago, and I liked it. Yeah. But then after I talked about it on the podcast, I went home and played a part where you like drop down a hole into a hallway and one of those, those like this huge robot dog like runs at you. Yeah. And it, and I, I died probably 15 times. Oh, God. And yeah. eventually I realized, oh, God, you have to like run in the other direction and like sprint slide under a barricade sure. and then use your like metal cutter to like cut through the floor you and drop down. You do a very down. specific set Yeah, because there's only yeah. one way to get out of it. Like you have to do the exact sequence of things in that exact order. Yeah. And I just died like a million. And every time you die, you have to redo the thing where you like climb through the hole, which is a canned animation. Sure. You, know, you climb through the hole and drop down and you the dog comes out. It's just fucking. Yeah, that's super oh, annoying. God. And so that I'm always like really skeptical of things like that in games where it's like yeah. you die if you don't do the exact thing. But then it's not. But how do you know you're you just do it because yeah. eventually you figure it out but like as you got farther into the demo was it not that as much like what yeah i mean i i got the hang of things you know at first i kind of just ran out and and sort of you know i was like oh i'm gonna explore the world they won't put an alien in this first little room and it was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> it will eat your face so you know i sort of figured out okay there's a locker right on, on the left side of the screen once i saw the tracker that the alien was coming closer to me i went into the locker and if course it comes right up and it sort of sniffs at the locker and you have to hold your breath that's like a mechanic in the game how long you can hold your breath while you're in a locker while you're hiding basically 
um, they the developers, it's Creative Assembly actually. They make know, the Total yeah, War games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really curious about it's that. It's really kind of cool. I, I interviewed them and they were talking about how you know they've been kind of working on this in secret for three and a half years and sort of building yeah. up a console team. This is their big like console right. debut, which is kind of exciting. Kind so did cool. they basically? So that's about when Sega bought them, right? I think so. Yeah. So did they? Sega basically bought them and like gave them this. Pretty soon. I, I they think must have so. Pretty soon after. Yeah. yeah, and they Just, kept yeah they kept making Total War games. Obviously, they're still doing that. Yeah, I mean that's what they're known for. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, I mean those games are good, basically. They are. They are, but they're like those games are interesting in that. No, they totally are. Total <laughs> yeah. War games are interesting in that they're. I feel like they're often good, but like always ambitious in a way that most sort of AAA games aren't. Sure. Like most of the games that are ambitious in the way those games are are not big productions you know they're like niche exactly like niche strategy games like grand strategy games stuff like that so i find the creative assembly kind of an inherently fascinating developer because i feel like they just exist at a point on the graph at like the combination of ambition and budget that is just yeah and like non-mainstream appeal most of the time it's like really it's and longevity also that's true (laughs) yeah they combine a lot of factors that are super unusual are very unusual for for it's any a video smaller game scale developer. thing, but for Axis's modern incarnation feels kind of similar yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. In that they mm-hmm. made Civ for a million years, mm-hmm. and then then they made their breakout alien like, sci-fi game. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yes. Of, I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Did, I guess I, was, you know. Have they been building that team up like newly, or are were they able to say anything about what it means to to have all this experience as a sort of grand strategy developer? And then make this game, or is that basically a team they're just growing from the ground up? The second, up? they kind of told me they were growing this team from the okay. ground up. Uh-huh. They sort of told me they poached people from Rockstar and Ubisoft, oh, okay, and okay, all over the place. People sure. who had made Dead Space, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, 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 interesting. Um, yeah. I, I mean, wonder what the crossover is between the Alien Isolation team and any and the Total War people. Like, at what? At what? <laughs> like, are there levels? any lead level people who? Yeah. yeah. It would be cool to know that. I probably should have asked them that, but yeah. oh well. That's okay. Yeah, they told me that much that, you know, this is a brand new team kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, really itching to prove themselves and they're all really big Alien fans. And, you know, they did an amazing job making it feel like Alien and sound like Alien and look like Alien. And it scared the, the living shit out of me yeah. playing this game. So That's a cool thing because Aliens, the sequel, has been such a massive influence on video games. On every video For game of yeah. every genre. Two or three decades. Yeah. yeah, it's the entire Space Marine idea is from aliens you know basically. yeah that, and well that version of it certainly and like the i mean aliens like the you know the aliens from that those movies um have been in a bunch of games but always as like a kind of enemy right. rather yeah. than as like the singular enemy there's one as, stalking as they beast. were you know except when it's versus predator that's, in the Jaguar game from the 90s? I thought that the original PC game Alien vs. Predator, there, were just, the there was an one. alien, a predator, and Space Marine as the three things. And I thought there was just probably right. uh, Alien, but I don't remember. Oh, I didn't the name of the game was still Aliens vs. Predator. I thought but, it was Alien vs. Predator. Then the well, S was. was added for a later film. Oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't remember, though. I don't know. We I don't, should probably know this, but I don't know yeah, this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I only ever played that game like when I had to QA it. What, I had to QA did, the you... Mac port of it. Oh man, when I was oh, at awesome. Apple, yeah, <laughs> nice. It was assigned as one of the things to like hardware test power books. People in the testing lab, oh, were like multiplayer testing. You're playing Alien versus Predator. Like, okay, sweet, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, why not? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. So, actually. I haven't been following Alien Isolation other than 
like just the, the trailers the trailer and the assets that they've been putting out inside of the demo what was your actual like what's the objective what's the, the 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 structure of this i mean is it just get to point a get to point b survive or is it like are you like are you running around assembling stuff or is it more like you just have to make it through the corridors like how what was the structure of it yeah. of it like so there's a little bit of both. You're definitely on the radio with, you know, a sympathetic crew member who's outside of the space station who's trying mm. to help you through. It's a little bit of that is going Classic. on. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a little video gamey, but whatever. Um, and there are sort of objectives for each section, you know, open this area up, do this, do that. She's an engineer, mm-hmm. so there's actually like a, a very small crafting system where you can, you know, put things together. <laughs> you know, hack things. There's actually a hacking mini game, which sounds like the most trite thing in the world, but it looks like a '70s like CRT hacking mini game, which makes it much That's cooler. Good. Yeah, That's what Jake likes. That's, it is what I like. <laughs> yeah, it's all that sure. I like. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to ask, which is, sorry, I have a bunch of specific questions to That's ask cool. you, as the person I know who played the game. <laughs> you said you have to hold your breath when you're inside the locker. Are there other times in the game where holding your breath is is important besides just yeah, like, to hide it from the alien, or is it a QTE? Yeah, like is there just a hold your breath button? You said it's a mechanic, or is it like is it like a QTE in that moment? I mean, it's it's in the moment, but you can't hold your breath indefinitely, so you kind of have to sort of. Time okay, it out. so it's it's it is for that. It's not. I was like, are there places where you like have to? like lock bulkheads and vent air and then like have air in your lungs like uh, I mean, like in 2001 possible. a space odyssey but you can't just arbitrarily but if there isn't just a hold breath button that's 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 not i think there is actually what wow. uh, i didn't i don't recall using that control for anything else during the demo so huh. and, and there is sort of a in the previous sort of demo that they did um i don't know maybe last winter or something they i remember seeing this actually on ign of all places but um that demo ended with an airlock moment and holding your breath. So hmm. I won I don't know if that was just in Man, the, the cinema. If but... they dedicated uh, just no having worked on games before, just knowing how people like claw and bite for like a button. A button on a controller. Like no if they actually dedicated one face button or any to button hold to holding your breath, like good choice. I mean it would be useful I hope in that's this true. situation. I hope yeah. I'm not just like inventing a game that's more outrageous than the real one in my head. <laughs> and it actually is. Yeah. Because that would be the best. Yeah, I mean, it was really effective. I mean, it, it was terrifying. And uh, the alien, I have to say personally, like, was the thing I was scared of as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the thing that I thought was going <laughs> right. to eat me in yeah, my yeah. sleep. And right, so right. playing this was, was amazing. Yeah. It was really great. That's awesome. So, yeah, that was really cool. So what's your B game? Oh god, uh, yeah. <laughs> See that whole shtick I had about having yeah, alphabetical. I was like, I'm having alien. A. Yeah. So cool. yeah, like, let's start with alien. <laughs> Uh, I guess probably next alphabetically would be Kirby. Uh, that was really cute. There's a Kirby game that looks like Claymation. Nothing on B through J? I don't know. There's a lot of N's and M's. Okay. I've got a few right. M's and N's. Well, those are coming up soon. All right, ready? Well, here's my first This is the weirdest M. episode. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Mario Kirby. Maker. This is, this is probably going to be called A, B, C, D, E, 3, by the way. Just, uh, <laughs> oh! Shouldn't have given that's that away. That's really perfect. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, that's super perfect. Well, Mario Maker was amazing. Well, what about Kirby? Oh, well, okay. I thought, you know, you kind of give a look like, ah, Kirby, whatever. No, that wasn't, no, no, that wasn't anything against Kirby. I was okay. just saying like... Who doesn't like Kirby? <laughs> I was just saying you're skipping like eight letters, so just make sure there's... All right, well, Kirby is worth talking about, I think. You know, it's a Kirby game. It's a little platformer. It's actually more of a puzzle game. Did you ever play Canvas Curse on the DS? I loved that perhaps? goddamn game. That was one of the first games awesome. that I played on DS. I think it was one of the early games. And that, I remember actually... God, at one of the at one of the E3s that Jake, you and I both went to, I think was with the first E3 when the DS 
had come out. Oh, nice. I don't know if Canvas Crystal was the first D- because the first E3 that DS came out was where it was like play our submarine game. Okay, then it was the next. Oh, E3. It was the one after was the, the second... after the DS had shipped. Yes, right. It was yes, you're right. It was the one after the DS had shipped. That's what it, that's what I actually meant. Yeah, and uh, and I remember we all of us at Idle Thumbs at the time in like 2005 were incredibly unenthused about the DS. And, and then, then 2006, we, we were our, we were flipped on that thing, right? Um, I think 2005 is the year you're thinking of. I think it came out in like November t- uh, 2004. Hmm. To the Google machine. I'm going <laughs> to guess because E3, oh, you might be right. Whatever. People at home are either not, don't care or know this information. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You feel free. Um, yeah. So... But I remember, yeah, so like we, we, and also it was the like horrible or like Rev 1 design of the DS, which was not oh, very appealing. Like yeah, inflatable huge... child's raft <laughs> right. one, yeah. And then I remember we went there to the E3, to the, we went to the E3 after it had come out and they had Kirby's Canvas Court. And they had New Super had, Mario Brothers, I think might have also been there. I think that was still earlier, maybe too early. Oh, my, I might be off by a year. But they had Meteos, uh, they had oh, Kirby Canvas Curse, they had... I can't remember everything. Oh, they had um, Electroplankton. Yep. Um, okay. Yep. They just had all this shit that was like, not all of it necessarily like games you'd play forever, but just really cool inventive stuff. And I, Kirby Canvas Curse ended up being one of my favorite early DS games. I played that game through, I think, twice. Kirby Canvas Curse, uh, June 20, 2005. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and also known as Kirby Power Paintbrush in Europe. Fun fact for you. Anyway, the, the new game, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, I think is what it's called, is basically Canvas Curse. Is it only, 3DS? Oh, it's on Wii U, and it's prettier. Mm-hmm. And it's just as puzzle-oriented. You're, you know, you're just drawing little lines, and it's a rainbow this time. You know, it's very special, very friendly, very gay. Is this the lovely. one that looks like yarn? No, that's actually the new Yoshi game. There was a oh. yarn Kirby on yes. uh, like last oh. generation. Kirby's like, Epic like, Yarn. Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't play that. Yes. This one looks like clay. This Chris. one is a claymation oh, cl- look, and oh, it's cool. really, really pretty. Oh, yeah, great. I didn't see any of that. I haven't seen anything of this. Yeah, it's actually really cute. And okay. and if you want to talk so about Kirby the yarn clay thing, is just a ball of clay. Yeah, basically, right? he I mean, has little just, feet, yeah. and the entire world, all the little details of the world, are all made in clay. Okay, wow, little claymation look. Crazy. That's really cool. Is it? It's not actual claymation. It's just rendered to look like. That, I think it's right? just rendered. It's to not look like the like Neverhood where it's actually right. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming they just rendered it to look like that, but it does look really beautiful. Fine. Obviously, I just. That would be a Nintendo <laughs> making making a game that was just like thousands of photographs. Their behind of, the scenes featurette is yeah, just a, a, a gross, just dirty yeah. clay set well, with guys popping the, out. Yeah, the Neverhood was the, like that. Yeah, and do you remember the Pikmin like box art? Oh yeah, was like clay. Yeah, was like that's also like, clay the, uh, like old Nintendo Power covers were like that as well, where they were oh, clay miniatures. Yeah. The very last issue of Nintendo Power, they did a clay they did a clay posed cover for the first time oh, in cool. years. Anyway, it's that looked cool. I don't know. When I saw the Pikmin box, all that I could think of was like the yeah, old yeah. Mario 2 Nintendo Power cover. Well, this was definitely the second uh, time we saw Clay at Nintendo's E3 thing this year because they had the robot chicken dudes what? do segments, do little joke sketches in between the what? game What? They're like, we love the, how the GDC awards have Mega64 doing wacky <laughs> jokes in between. kind of like that, so actually. Like robot chicken to make ours. What? It was, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, the robot chicken folks did like Nintendo sketches in between all these, you know, all the little vignettes of new games. Hmm. 
This is a real thing. I'm not making it up. Weird. Yeah. Did they have like dicks in them and stuff? Isn't robot no, chicken not like really. propane? Yeah, it typically is, but this was very family-friendly versions. Uh-huh. It was like Bowser stole Peach's donut and it, that kind of thing. Like, ha slapstick. But it was actually kind of cute. Okay, Like that enough. sort of thing. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, that was a K. I have um, a couple of M's and an N. Or actually a couple of N's and an M. Well, M comes first. Are ready for the M? I am. Mario Maker. Okay. This is amazing. It, it's it's just sort of like a little tool where you make 2D Mario levels and you test them out and you play them and it's amazing Sweet. and I had a lot of fun with it and I, I they had to tell me to stop and put it down and please let the next I person play this. I approve this concept. Yeah, it's really cool. And and uh, you know, as you... someone who spent hundreds of hours making Mario levels on a calculator, I, I know. <laughs> when I saw when I saw that Mario Maker was announced, I thought of two things. I thought of all of the margins of everything that I ever made in fourth grade, which have Mario three levels drawn all over them, and like hold just like yes. notebooks full of that. And the other thing I thought of was Chris can translate his uh, whatever <laughs> TI eighty six Mario or was it eighty three or eighty six eighty six eighty six Mario into official canonical <laughs> Mario. Real Mario. Does it levels. let you just completely abuse? It? it probably doesn't, right? You can't do things like put one square of water in the middle of the air that you have to like jump to. And I think you can. Really? You I can made just... a, a ridiculous thing where it was oh, like man. forty enemies that just ate Mario the second you know I hit play. Right. It was really fun. I mean, of course, that's you know what a child like me will do. You know, when given the opportunity. But do, they, it's... do you have? Do they like validate the levels in any way, or can you just say I'm done? Um, I mean. Everything's kind of on a preset. At least it was for the demo. You uh-huh. know, it was sort of like, you know, here's here's a little demo level that's just a plain sort of Mario 1 right. era graphics sort of thing. And just do whatever you want to it. And you can erase everything. So I guess you could just make it, you know, sort of Because Double Fine avoid. was making a game that didn't ever come out for various reasons. I can't talk about the details of it. But, like, sure, yeah. it was a game where people would have made their own levels. And, like, the way it worked was pretty clever in that after you make the level, you have to be able to beat it without dying in order to publish mm. the level just so that it ensures you can't just completely cheese the right you know the system. I, don't, I don't think that's in there yet for mario maker but uh you know sure it, it was still really fun and it's super intuitive you just drag and drop everything it was, was it based on the new super mario brothers stuff aesthetically or was it its own you look? can switch between nes style like Super Mario Brothers and the new Super Mario Brothers style. And the physics are all the same. Everything's just the same. It's just oh, a crazy. switch wow. in the graphics, which is kind of cool. You know, you can huh. switch it yeah, at yeah, will, yeah. basically. Can you have a trigger inside the level that switches it? I asked them that, <laughs> oh, really? actually, because I really wanted that yeah, to happen. That and, and to have it sort of be flashing, you know, like some of the Yeah, old you want to be able levels. to, like, hit the power-up block and it goes boom and just changes. And then uh, he's yeah. 2000s era. Yeah. yeah. It would be cool. I, they didn't no. know. Oh, they, they, didn't, they didn't, didn't know. The demo person didn't know okay. I could do that, so eh. you probably can't. Yeah, you I'm probably guessing you can't. Cannot. Yeah. It was super fun. We'll put really that cool. in the in the Wario constructor game. <laughs> yeah, right. In the in the Trolling. and then in the Waluigi version of it, it just does that all the time. It just does. No it's all every frame. <laughs> God, if it was changing physics cal- like physics calculation algorithms every frame, right? God. Oh my God! In the in the uh, like seizure inducing difference of those two <laughs> of those two images, if you sort of like wag your head back and forth on like a on a CRT television, so it's got the refresh blinking, you'll see Waluigi's face. Oh my God! I guess actually the result of that is that it would effectively just be an interpolation between yeah, the two. It would just curves. be a really mushy Mario. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mario just 
falls and rolls down the hill. He just kind of, <laughs> kind of weirdly just mushes. <laughs> that beautiful crisp Nintendo animation right so there. So why didn't they do that, Nintendo? Where's that functionality in Mario Maker? Yeah, where's, where's that game? Switching every co- physics <laughs> algorithm every frame. <laughs> and induce, seizure-inducing Waluigi face. <laughs> what, huh, that wasn't Reggie? Any, that wasn't any... Yeah, Reggie. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, that sounds cool also. So, and It was really great. Okay, and No Man's Sky. Everybody's oh, man. really excited about that. Wait, did you play that? that? No, I oh. did not. Several of my teammates saw it behind closed doors, and they may uh, have gotten their hands out, but I didn't. I'm sad about it, but it looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. We, we talked about, about that last week. Last week oh, okay. But just based on the based, you know, on, the based trailer, on the trailer that was at the, at the, the demo that they showed. It was, Microsoft? Yeah, whichever. it was at Sony, I think, actually, okay. which was a, a thing. Yeah, yeah it was they, at Sony. They were, I think they had some background with maybe they were with Microsoft now they were with Sony maybe huh. it's not exclusive I don't I don't know nobody story, knows anything anymore nobody knows nobody knows professional journalists uh and never alone I that should have come before no man's sky I apologize ABCB. what is never alone never alone is a really really cute really really beautiful little puzzle platformer that is about an Inupiat girl oh I saw it's, this it's an Alaskan native yeah 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 they're, they're making the game, this very small studio in Seattle are making the game with an Inupiat tribe of Alaskan Native people. Right, right. And it's sort of based on a legend about a little girl who like goes into this blizzard, this never-ending blizzard, with her pet fox. There's fox snuggling. It's amazing. Uh, she goes into this blizzard to sort of try to save her village. And it's like, you know, it kind of looks a little bit like Limbo. It's almost a little bit monochromatic, but it's cuter. It's sure. really beautiful, and all the voiceover is actually done in the language of these people. And it's like this cool idea. They're trying to make, you know, world games, basically. And, you know, usually that's kind of a feel-good story, you know. That sounds nice, and the games don't always look great, but this actually looks gorgeous. Cool. And, nice. and I'm reading about this. Well, like, it's so. funded in part by, like, a grant from, yeah, like, an organization that, like, advocates on behalf of, like, Native yeah, uh, native, heritage and stuff. Like, native I can't people remember and, the details. and uh, first peoples, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Canada, yeah. yeah, right. In Canada and Alaska, uh-huh. in the lower 48. Yeah. It's yeah I, remember, cool. I, re- I remember reading about this a few months ago and I didn't know it was at E3. Um, but all the games are at E3, thing. Chris. That's true. They're all there. This was actually super interesting because I sort of got assigned this last minute on the last day of E3 and I went to go find them. And they were actually in, you know, Microsoft's booth and they were just a hundred little indie games that are all just packed together in this uh-huh. booth. And they were the only one who only had one demo station. So I almost wonder if they kind of got the call like right ahead uh, of time. Sure. And they were yeah. like, Oh, you know, you made the cut, you know, show up yeah, or whatever. But they were, they were great. That game looked amazing. Cool. So that That's was really awesome. cool. The last N is Nero. N-E-R-O. It is a 3d puzzle storytelling game that they, uh, that the Italian developers from Rome, as a matter of fact, uh, we're telling us it, the name of the studio is Storm in a Teacup Studio, and okay. they they were very personable. It, is it's this sort of like this an indie team, or is what it's is an it? indie yeah. team? Yeah, uh-huh. it's definitely an indie team. Um, and it was sort of at the ID at Xbox at the Indies that they were showing. Oh yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Um, it was really cool because it was like a first person storytelling game, but it was also very much a puzzle game, and it was set in in this weird outdoor forest where everything was neon and funky looking, and you know, I. I didn't get hands-on time with it. It was just sort of a hands-off demo, but it looked really cool. It looked really funky and interesting. There's that. And then, okay, we're done with the ends. <laughs> done with the ends now. Yeah. Uh, Splatoon. 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 This is Nintendo, right? This is Nintendo. It's like a squad-based online shooter that looks like dog shit until you play it. And it's okay. actually really, really fun. It's basically a squad-based shooter where you are a little squid person. 
uh -huh. you are shooting paint all over this arena. The whole point is to control territory. And you're shooting this paint and you can sort of shoot your enemies, but you know, nobody gets hurt. It's like it's like the world's cutest shooter in the world, basically. You actually mm -hmm. control territory by painting space? Yes. Okay. And it's really cool. So you control territory by controlling surface area. Basically, yeah. Okay. And also you can shoot the enemies and everything. And and the best part of it is that okay, that's sort of the main thrust of it but you're also a squid and you can swim rapidly in your own color paint so you basically run around normally and then you shrink down into the paint as a squid and you can jump around you can climb walls you can do all mm -hmm. this crazy shit so there's like some platformer elements to it too god it's platoon i know every once in a while <laughs> nintendo puts out a game who's that is not for, it's like when often i feel like when nintendo tries to make a new intellectual property like you know that isn't like metroid or mario or zelda or whatever yeah. i feel like it inhabits an aesthetic that i can only compare to like children's board game ip design <laughs> yep where it's like it's yeah. got a clever name splatoon and it's all ages and it's colorful and it's like got a crazy mechanic that is like very specific to this thing like, right but there for all you know those splatoon could be the next pikmin 2 multiplayer as far as just like sure completely surprisingly focused weird thing that you fall into forever like right but pikmin doesn't pikmin as a concept doesn't quite fall into this category to me because it's not quite as like high concept like pikmin is like something yeah chibi robot maybe or like but pikmin is like an um the word itself is like this abstract thing that's like oh it's like we made up a whatever splatoon is like the, the reason it reminds me of that is it tries to communicate the entire right. thing that it is through like a clever brandable name. Right. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like that, that's what reminds me of that I wish I could think of more examples. Cause I feel like Nintendo's done this before, but the reason I'm having a hard time thinking about it is because usually they only last for one game. <laughs> they usually <laughs> don't actually end up becoming like a right. thing that gets yeah. sequelized, um, no, I, which isn't bad. Like that's not a bad thing um, at all. Um, I thought it looked terrible until I played it. I'm not it saying it's bad either. Just don't get me wrong. Oh, no, like, I'm totally. not saying that you like, it, makes Chris. for a game bad. It's just a thing it. that like I only see from Nintendo or like tiny independent teams making puzzle games that just show up on Steam. You know what I mean? Like I don't but see something like, like Pushmo. Is that sort of fit? That sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Again, a good game, but it looks like you know whatever. Until you God, I wish I could think of more Nintendo games. Maybe I'm just making it up, and Nintendo doesn't do this all the time. But I feel like <laughs> I've made that same observation before, just internally, and I just can't place it. Splatoon. Splatoon. You're probably thinking of Splatoon. Yeah. Oh, Splatoon. <laughs> that squid game. Oh, it's the Splatoon. Squids. Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> Splatoon. Very exciting squids. God damn it. Now I'm just, this is just going to occupy my brain for the rest of the night and I'm not going to get anywhere with it. So I have to stop thinking about that's it. That's okay. Yeah, I'm actually, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of that too. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined the podcast. Now I can't Everyone stop thinking, thinking about, about this bullshit thing that I <laughs> said that's probably not real. All I'm talking, all I'm thinking about is Splatoons and how I want to play <laughs> Splatoons. Do you? I do. So it's, it's an online game. Does it have split screen? They said it will. I mean, it didn't in the demo. You know, in the demo, it was all, you know, squad based, four I on like, four, four v four. Is it is it like an arena type situation? Or kind of. Yeah. Look at the logo. Is the logo oh, yeah. is exactly the thing that I'm describing? It's what you think it is? Yeah, Splatoon. Yeah. Yes. It exactly. looks. It just that just belongs on a kid's board game box. Yeah. With the two O's or eyes. Yeah. Squids. <laughs> Multiplayer, like fast paced, but kind of casual arena stuff. I really like, I like like games where the wind condition is really visible in situations like that. Yeah. Like 
this is insane because it has has no bearing uh, being compared to this at all because it's a puzzle game. But uh, I really like Choo Choo Rocket, and I know that's an insane. I, love that I know game. that's an insane no, no, no. comparison. But when you play multiplayer Choo Choo Rocket, just like the area that the game God, can take I'm place on years. is is fixed. And it's very visually clear exactly yeah, what's happening with the flow of the game because you're just like, okay, mice are disappearing into this hole or they're disappearing into someone else's hole or they're disappearing into the mouth of a fucking cat. There's a million cats so, running around. So the idea that you <laughs> dominate by way of taking over more of the board visually and that gives you a mechanical advantage is really interesting to me. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it's cool. No, I agree. I maybe agree maybe it's called Splatoon, though. <laughs> Splatoon. Probably that's S P L A T O O N, which is not even what I I didn't quite know what that was going to be, but I guess that's Wait, what do you old, mean? What did you think it would have been? I didn't know what I didn't know what it would be, but it's that. Of course, it's that. God, splat tune. Splat. <laughs> I mean, there there is a board game from the early '90s called Splat. You had to whack bugs, and and it was. Like, yeah. I think there was clay nice. involved too. Actually, it's all coming together now. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's definitely in the like Mr. Bucket territory of. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> Mr. Bucket. Yeah. It's good stuff. And no? there were two games away from the show floor I saw that were amazing. I'll just mention them to be super quick. Okay. Uh they're both C games, in fact. Uh like Costume Quest C 2. Like the, the letter C. Okay. The letter C. Costume Quest 2. Yeah. Because I love that stuff. Me too. And Cube and Star in Arbitrary Love, which is a really cute, wow. really sweet little indie game that was, you know, a little bit Proteus-ish. You're just sort of interacting with the world and everything's mm-hmm. sort of Cute and visual and, and that sort of thing. And those are my games of E3. Cool. Yes. So that's why you're excited about E3. Yeah, I mean, because I got hands-on time with all these, but No Man's Sky, obviously. Um, and they all kind of made me like video games again. I mean, seriously, typically I go to E3 and I'm like, shoot man, McBro shoot, and I'm sad and I'm mm-hmm. depressed and I'm yeah, depressed about the world. Um, but this time I, I either serendipitously was assigned all these wonderful games or, you know, just kind of got lucky, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely was able to, you know, personally take shots at the shoot man, make bro shoot thing. I made a video that was just sort of like a, a super cut of all the, the white bros versus everybody else kind of thing. And sure. I did an opinion piece about how there were more severed heads than women presenters at the sort of like big press events and stuff like that. So I, I went in angry and and sort of like became joyful as <laughs> I played all charmed. these games. <laughs> yeah, it was the best way to do E3. I'm sure that'll never happen again in the universe. I think I just got very lucky. But yeah, there was a lot of things that were actually very fun. Cool. Yeah. And that was my E3 experience. I also got kicked out of a hot tub. I was pissed about that. But... You got kicked out of a hot tub? I did. At what the did Figueroa you do to get hotel. kicked out of a hot tub? I, I just went in. I, I didn't do anything. Really? Yeah. Really. That seems like you're not... That doesn't seem like I mean, like it was late, and, and people were kind of hanging out by the hot tub, and people were had their various limbs in the hot tub, and I was the only one to go completely in. Maybe and they're like, no, just, no, 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 limbs. That's limbs exactly only. what happened. He's like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Was, oh. I was really sad. It was the last night. I wanted to soak. Yeah. Understandable. It happens. Sorry. E3 ruined. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. I want my money back. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our half. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Let's good. take a break. Good. Video game. Right, that's how it was before, and it was uh, it was sagging even more. It was just sagging wildly. Oh, no. Hold on. Saggy pop screen. A far <laughs> cry from the pooched pop screens of old. <laughs> the pooch is unrelated pooched. to the sag. Uh, 
Am I ready to talk about snacks? This episode was brought to you by NatureBox, a snack subscription service that sends delicious treats to your home or office every month. I thought you were going to say to your home or garden. I mean, you, if your garden has a mailing address, then that is absolutely acceptable. To your gnome acceptable. or garden. Yes. To your, to your gnome <laughs> or garden. I mean, if you address it to your gnome and your garden has an address, that's fully possible. Yes. And your gnome can eat nature That box. gnome could eat a box full of delicious snacks mm-hmm. delivered monthly. Yeah. We eat them all the time. We do. We've talked about them on a lot of episodes. We have, yeah. I still want more of those. We haven't gotten any more of those pineapple things. Since last time we talked about it, the pineapple slice, the dried pineapple slices. Yeah. I think about those sometimes. <laughs> That's questionable. I think I still think about the like Fig Newton-y sort of fruit bar that I got one of and then they all disappeared. Which yeah, was yeah, the last yeah. thing I talked about as well. Like, I've Were those the blueberry just... nom-noms or was that something else? It was not the blueberry mm-hmm. nom-noms. Okay, those They're were a previous, um, previous box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've actually heard from a fair number of Idle Thumbs people who have signed up for Nature Box yeah. since we've started talking about it. probably them. means there's a lot more who haven't told yeah, us Yeah, but people it. seem to like them. So, uh, yeah. People who tell us they like them, like them. We like them. Yeah. They like us. Support NatureBox. If you subscribe to NatureBox using naturebox.com slash thumbs, why don't you tell us about it? You get 50% off your first NatureBox. 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 You eat them. Replace me saying you eat them with Indiana Jones saying you eat them. Video games. You should have done it, though, as Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage reads for Nature Box. He does not. Does he actually have a distinctive voice? The wizard comes from the moon. He is a, he is a, like, the timbre of his voice is, is interesting. I don't know. Okay. I've only seen him in the station agent, I think. Oh. He's in Game of Thrones a lot, and he is, like, he sounds different than a lot of other people in that show, which is why I think he was picked for Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so, sense. I walked into the office, uh... Over the weekend to come pick up the PlayStation 4 and Zach was here. Wait, why pick up? Why were you picking up the PlayStation? Because I wanted to take it home to play Destiny at home over mm. oh. the weekend. Um, because I said the word Destiny, I step on my my joke story, but that's okay because because <laughs> I walked in. Well, it was it was an accidental setup that I enjoyed because I walked yeah. in and I was like, or Zach said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm taking the PlayStation 4 home," and he said, "Oh, you got a hot date?" And then I got to say, "I have a date with Destiny." Oh! And I, and I was really happy because it wasn't on purpose because he asked me that and I was That's I was the most so pleased good. person in the world. Oh my god! Did his head explode? Uh, Zach he is someone who would appreciate. No, he just said, "Well, I handed that to you, didn't I?" And uh, oh, oh, <laughs> he didn't give you a little high five. I think in his mind he exploded. I saw like Did he a, give little, a little half smirk. Yeah, I saw a glint okay, in his well, eye. That's what he does. Yeah, no, no. I I got the I got the the mental like I got the. His eyes said it all, and what they said was like a thumbs up of approval. Yeah. That's oh, perfect. Like when you see, you know. <laughs> you're making gestures at me, but no one knows what that is. It's a thumbs up. That's <laughs> not what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> is doing a thumbs up with his eye right Yeah. Now. <laughs> the, the thumbs up sort of sleazy leer is basically. God. Zach gave me a really sleazy, like enticing eyebrow God. raise. Giving someone, giving someone at a bar a sleazy leer, then saying that's a thumbs up. <laughs> Only Joe Biden is allowed to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then I ended up finally getting to play Destiny. And I thought it was like when I started, it was at 1015 on Sunday night. And I thought that that meant that I only had like an hour and a half before the alpha shut down. It turns out that it ran for another entire day after that. So I only ended up getting like a little over an hour with the game. Oh, that's pretty extreme. Um, And of everyone who has ever been on Idle Thumbs, 
I'm probably the worst person to have been the one who ended up going and playing the Destiny Alpha because, like, I played a few hours of Halo 4. I got my ass handed to me a couple times in original Halo 1 multiplayer. <laughs> and other than that, the only Bungie games I've ever played were on my Macintosh in the 90s. <laughs> like Marathon? Yeah. Like, like Marathon and Myth, Myth and Oni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so, uh, I feel bad even talking about Destiny too much uh-huh. on the cast. But, like, basically when I was playing it, I was personally not enjoying it a whole lot. Like, I... I could tell there was stuff going on that were it to ever successfully get its hooks into me, it very much would because it's just like... Sure. Yeah. It feels like... It feels like a game that has been mentally gestating inside of Blizzard for a long-ass time. And it also... It feels like... I mean, it is... It's... A, it's, it's first-person mechanics that feel very much of the Halo school where it's like... the. I mean, even just switching weapons around, reloading them, the way that when you're engaged in combat with enemies, it's reasonably, like, quick exchanges with guys who are very good at sort of, like, strafing behind cover and hiding from you for a while, then popping mm-hmm. back out. Like, the the sort of really nice, like, iconic posed animation of all the characters. Like, it feels very much like Halo in the, in the moments. And, like, your character uh, at the start of the game, at least in the alpha... You have a uh, like a, a hover bike that looks exactly like the hover bikes from Return of the Jedi that you can summon at any point, and they basically I don't I only know the Warthog in Halo they use Warthog controls like it's just sure, yeah, bungee yeah. game bungee game bungee yeah, yeah, yeah. game to the max like you turn <laughs> yeah. the camera and your guy sort of turns to adjust but it right. just oh, those are the best vehicle controls yeah for it's fantastic so. and it just it just races all over the over the sort of like outer areas of the levels once you get inside an enclosed area you can't summon the the bike so you can just have that you have your own personal like miniature fast warthog ass vehicle at your beck and call when you just press yeah, yeah. a button and it, it just materializes and then dematerializes. So like it feels like all that stuff's there, but then it's it's also an MMO, so it exists inside of this gigantic other humongous layer where you're building up a character and you have character customization and as you go on quests all these things happen. There's a like whole big communal space that exists entirely in third person where you're walking around talking to other people and talking to NPCs. Uh and then it also has at least inside the alpha, the third big component was the multiplayer, which I didn't actually get to, but it seems like it's a very structured kind of half in world, half in the UI version of the Halo multiplayer stuff. But it mm-hmm. like it feels like like starting with Halo, Bungie always has been ahead of the curve as far as the connective tissue of the meta experience oh, yeah, of their sure. games go. Yeah, definitely. And this is just like going all in on that in a way that I don't know if I've seen before where like the the fact that you're in an MMO is completely seamless and effectively irrelevant at least in the alpha it's like you press play you're walking around in the overworld doing what you think is ostensibly a single player campaign and there's just another guy there for a while like journey or something just you'll see a guy in a firefight with some enemies and you don't have to worry about him it's irrelevant and then you'll go farther into the level and you'll suddenly just get dumped into a into an experience where there's just a shitload of other people and you're like Whoa, okay you know and then you're just back off doing your own thing and it just sort of it just felt like that was happening and not even relevant if I didn't want it to be relevant which I didn't because I don't like MMOs at all <laughs> right. but just this just the whole there's no car alarm and just yeah. yes. there's, there's revving a circus that's about on. to They're come like, by Jesus uneducated guy talking about destiny <laughs> <laughs> like just load this stuff up but just the like superstructure of this game is impressive in how just formidable and 
present it is, but also how well thought out and invisible it is. And that was the thing hmm. that was the most striking to me about this game, which I don't know if I'm ever going to actually care about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone is cracking up about the, like, that wizard came from the moon line that's in that game. Wizard came from the moon. Yeah. Yes. I didn't even hear that line because I was so, <laughs> uh, just, like being overwhelmed by how bad I was at the game and how unable I was to kill the, like, the 16 yeah. minions of the wizard, let alone that fucking moon wizard who just Lunar wizard. rocked God. my life over and over again. One of, it is my favorite. It is like, Jake, you will be unsurprised that I say this. It is one of my favorite things when the, because the internet has the capacity to get like wrapped up in kind of mutual obsession. And like most of the time that takes the form of like, outrage often often legitimate outrage but like predictable nonetheless right like often um people will get like wrapped up about in something that is like totally valid to get wrapped up in but you can kind of already see where the arc's gonna go mm -hmm. my favorite version of that is when everyone get, like briefly gets mutually obsessed with something that is of absolutely no consequence <laughs> and so it's it is not predictable because it will just go in like all kinds of directions because it does not relevant to anything right like the like that wizard came from the moon uh I've really enjoyed the last 48 hours of just the internet exploding <laughs> over the presence of this line in a video game that like especially because it was a timed alpha that if you were going to play it you had to play it for this one time like everyone who, who and that's also that line, the wizard on the moon is also like the first major encounter that you hit like 15 minutes into this thing like yeah. you're you're just sort of wandering God, I, wish I, played, I wish i played this goddamn alpha i don't just have a ps4 for that moment. Yeah. Well, also i really like halo so. yeah no yeah, I, when i was playing it i sort of i couldn't tell yeah, also for that line because <laughs> I was basically thinking because I don't know what it is. I don't know. What, this is a like new bungee sci-fi game. What the? There's a, the one line everyone knows is that wizard came from the moon. The, like I don't know a ton about the meta story because I like about the lore of this because I haven't really been paying attention to it. But the only world map that you're given is the moon, which has like the outpost on it, which has like the MMO town and like the and stuff that's you like can the wander legit around moon, in. right? Like it's the, the moon, moon, and then yeah. below that on the map is just Earth. Mm -hmm. Which is like abandoned, sort of modern sci-fi. Feels like one of the Tom Cruise movies we talked about uh, last week. Or like right. one of the, it's it's in yeah, that era like, of like super now in the future. Yeah, and you go down to Earth and you go to what is ostensibly Russia, old Russia and new Man, Russia. Right? There's the okay. I can't tell. Okay, yeah. The whole time that I was playing, <laughs> all that I was thinking is, does this pass or fail? The Chris Ramo is going to be interested in this test. <laughs> right. I like I was running a virtual Chris Ramo machine in my Simulation. brain that was like trying yeah. to assess stuff because I like. You drop down into into old Russia uh, of old Earth or whatever, mm -hmm. and the the environment they only give you one map in the alpha, uh, which you run through in a couple different contexts. At least as far as I got, where the first like the first thing was a really guided go to this one place, do this one thing. Like you run through some corridors, you fight the fucking moon wizard, which is just in a like <laughs> sci-fi like flickering light old warehouse uh -huh. full of pipes and just okay, sure. alien monsters, mm -hmm. and then. Um, when you pop out of that, you can then you're back up on your ship, which is the sort of select yeah. all different things. And if you drill back down into that same space, you're then like scanning for artifacts and exploring caves and clearing rooms and doing more sort of MMO questy type stuff. But that was kind of intermingled with first person firefights and stuff. Yeah. Um, where was I going to go with this? I forget what you said that made me start talking about it. If it passes the Chris Ramo yeah, test. Yeah, what was I thinking about in terms of the Chris Ramo test? Though? The moon wizard? Oh, the, the, well, the moon wizard is stupid. 
the Moon Wizard is just a hovering sort of glowy alien oh. that looks like a Halo monster. Like oh, it just looks like really? it just, yeah. The Moon Wizard is not like a resplendent like okay, robe you know star speckled <laughs> character. So you know what I was it's about, so obviously I wasn't expecting it to be just like a full on kind of pointy hat wizard, but like. Definitely one of the things. He's not like I, a conjurer, as far as I can tell. Yeah, one of the things I was sort of passively hoping for from this game, and this is a totally unfair thing to hope for, right? Because oh, I remember what I was going to say, but go ahead. Oh no, you, you can no, no, just, I, it's it's finish your thought because I I'm, I'm off in a different direction. Okay, I was just going to say th- this game feels like it's right on the edge, or like could have been fictionally gone in a direction, gone in a direction that I would have been really excited about, but increasingly I feel like it's probably not actually. Like less self-serious, that kind um, of thing? Well, so, well, that's one thing. Yeah. That wasn't the thing I had in mind, but like that, sure, like I'll take that too, right? Yeah. But like the thing I more had in mind was just like elements of old school sci-fi mysticism. Oh, yeah. Which is like, so... For all I know, those were there and they weren't I know, touched and, on. and maybe it is, right? Like the only reason I say that is because you hear someone talk about like a wizard on the moon <laughs> And then you see the images that they always publish from this game, which have people in these like tattered flowing robes, you know, like that, like conjures images of like, so Sarah read Dune recently for the first time. And like, I read that book in college years and years and years ago, and I hadn't thought about it much since then. And then we saw that movie, Jodorowsky's Dune, which is about like the attempts of Alejandro Jodorowsky to make like a Dune movie. And it's like this crazy, super mystical version of sci-fi that I feel like, has really declined in the mainstream ever since star Wars. Like star Wars has bits of that in the first star Wars movies, but they kind of like increasingly are stripped out of star Wars until they're basically not there anymore. in, in what star Wars is now until the prequels um, literally say there is no mysticism. There's only yeah. specific science. scientific, yeah, yeah, yeah. like made up science. <laughs> yeah, lore. exactly. Yeah. And like that, that flavor of sci- that, like kind of first half of the 20th century, like, and a little bit more than that version of sci, like flavor of sci-fi is something that I kind of wish were more represented. And so that I, a lot of the kind of just a lot of the bits of destiny that have like made it out. That could totally be what's going on. I, know I just didn't pick be. up on it because I, I was it so busy be, getting like, wrecked by that moon. Wizard. Yes. And <laughs> like, I'm st- I still hope that that's the case, but like I was reading the synopsis of it on, of the, the premise on Wikipedia and obviously Wikipedia is just a summary. It doesn't actually like convey things like tone. Right. And I, I missed the alpha, which I'm really bummed about, but I I hope to play the beta when that's out in July. Um, and it just, everything in it sounds like so bog standard. It's like destinies in a post-apocalyptic setting, like following a prosperous, prosperous period of exploration, peace and technological advancement known as the golden age, an event known as the collapse saw the dissolution of these colonies. Uh, those living on earth were saved by the traveler. Like, an ability to wield an unknown power, often referred to as the light. Like this is it just feels like every single yep. sci- like kind of just bog standard sci-fi thing. With the right like actual the tone encapsulating all of that, all of that it stuff could can all be, be really cool. shit. I know. But my but, feeling at first blush was that well, the characters moved around very similarly to Halo and how like the the sort of the I don't have enough experience with Halo combat to be able to talk about it, but I just just seeing a guy come out take a few very confident steps from behind something shoot at me a couple times then when i shoot at him he does an amazingly like cleanly animated like sidle into a roll behind the thing and is just hidden mm-hmm. away from me and then i can feel like i'm strafing around a pillar mm-hmm. at the same time as he is like that reminds me of certain enemy types in halo yeah that stuff's amazing yeah. in halo but i know we give this word a lot of shit recently in uh in the, this post watchdogs world <laughs> but i feel like 
for as goofy looking as they are, the alien design in the Halo universe, at least of sort of the aliens of Halo 1, those enemies are fucking iconic. Like, Oh, totally. I totally agree. They all... That's where I think Halo 4 kind of fell down a bit. Yeah. On site, mm-hmm. you can recognize them all, but also just like, just like the color splotches of them. Like if someone mm-hmm. did a really Absolutely. weird impressionistic picture and said, what video game character is this? You'd be like, that's probably a Halo alien or maybe the marathon alien that it's kind of evocative <laughs> of. Yeah. But with no, this... That's true. They do... They, and like, traditionally is great at that. I didn't have enough time to really get familiar with them, and the, most of the encounters that I had were in very dark spaces and stuff, because yeah. it was like inside this uh, underground weird bunker thing in, in Russia. But like that feeling of just like you wanted this to be interesting more than you wanted it to be cool aesthetically of Halo was not quite... It felt like this... It felt like Destiny... Mm-hmm tips more into the just kind of it's cool right but the thing that i wanted to talk about when i was talking about my chris ramos sensor mm. was that the first level is actually uh the setting of it is a an abandoned futuristic soviet space shuttle launch center which is uh, too many adjectives on top of it but basically you're inside of a you know sort of that's good yeah open craggy outdoor <laughs> world i guess it's uh, not passing the test right now no no that's actually with oh, just okay. with just sort of weird caverns and bunkers and stuff inside of it but the entire thing like on the top of the hill that i never quite got up to were just four launch towers in various states of decay <laughs> two of which just had fucking space shuttles on them so just this entire <laughs> like that part of it felt what do you mean space shuttles like like lo- like Space shuttles, like the like rockets or the actual like, like the space shuttle, capsules? like the space shuttle, but like a, a design slightly more streamlined. So this like is Soviet, this is like Russian or post. I mean, this is yeah, yeah. It's set in Russia, okay. but it's like I mean, well, you know, how there is like people found the like the abandoned Russian space shuttle program uh, has like people found warehouses with like basically Soviet knockoff of a space shuttle that never launched because oh. the Soviet Union collapsed. Okay. But this is like in the future, so that's like persisted that whole time. I don't know. Or? I mean, I, I get the feeling that what this actually is is hundreds of years in the future or x years in the future something evocative or like something sure. representative of the space shuttle program reoccurred to get uh-huh. people okay off, oh okay off, i get it yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just that style of imagery of that launch pad and uh-huh. the like sort of wedge space shuttle design and the rockets and stuff and just being in this world as this guy and like that being the setting that they chose to just frame all the stuff in your first impression of the game is really strong where That's you get cool. in yeah, yeah, yeah. into the game and just look up and you're like holy fuck, it's a weird, like, <laughs> slightly yeah. different and futuristic version of, you know, Cape Canaveral or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It just, yeah. the the fact that the connections are also just from the moon to the earth, it's not, at least, what's implied in the demo, at least, is like, yeah, that's... Well, that's, that's one of the other, yeah, that's one yeah. of the things that, I, that was, like, promising to me, yeah. right? Is that it's not just, like, ambiguously, un, like kind of vast space travel you yeah. pop the around the planets because it's easy it's it's one the alpha and two i didn't play enough of it so it's hard to know if there's anything there thematically it feels it feels like people who enjoy the fuck out of halo are probably going to have their lives sure. destroyed by this game because it's yeah, halo yeah. all pro i mean all the despite all the sort of things i said about tone like there are so few i've said this on the podcast obviously multiple times but like there are so few multiplayer shooters that i actually and like really enjoy like truly enjoy yep that i'll probably enjoy this anyway right because halo is just one of the only ones that i really care about i feel like this game for me would occupy the same space as like a titanfall like a game that that you know so many people that i know and respect their opinions yeah, have I mean, said similar, hey this is awesome on the development side it's know. a similar thing too right yeah you know for sure. it's like 
icon developer of iconic series like splits off and like goes independent does and, something slightly like, different you know yeah kind of thing. yeah makes yeah. sort of weird spiritual follow-up to their like different their version big of their ass thing. franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. basically and and yeah. you're totally right and and i i think what you say is true but for like and specifically for me i never i couldn't really get that into titanfall as i could never really get that into call of duty sure. and i know yeah. titanfall is like very different call of duty and titanfall is way closer to my wheelhouse than call of duty is for a sure. lot of for a lot of reasons but i still it still just wasn't quite for me mm-hmm. you know whereas halo is like the one that's for me like the multiplayer totally. shooter that yeah I'm, I'm bummed that you didn't get to play the alpha i know because yeah. it's you'd very much be able to sit down and probably just immediately be like like affluent in this game like yeah well yeah i'm also and i and i think also just be able to probably speak to the subtleties about like what what they retained and what they didn't yeah and like mm-hmm. Yeah, I want you to play the beta so we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's next month. July, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Like, I haven't played an MMO of any kind probably since I played a few months of WoW ages and ages ago, so I don't know how they work at this I point. Don't, yeah, I don't... That but part I'm like That's where like, I felt like an old way. man like waking up from a coma or something. Like <laughs> All things combined, yeah. when, I lo- when I logged into this game by not logging in at all, I didn't do anything. I just created a single-player character the way that I would mm-hmm. in anything else. I also found out that I'm a, I, I definitively am a person who hates character creation. I do not give a fuck. I know. I don't really, I don't really I care want, about it either. Like, yeah. I don't want to random roll it because I never like the aesthetics of the random rolled <laughs> character, but I also, like, I don't want to make one that you looks like You like don't want to make one that looks yourself like, for, like, two hours? No, I don't want to make one that looks yeah. like me. I don't want to make one that looks like a weird person. I just want a specific <laughs> person to be handed to me. I don't care if they're a blank slate. I just want, like, someone that looks You don't want to make Deadpool and, like, run around in old Russia? No, so I ended up just making a guy with yellow eyes, yellow hair, and yellow spray paint on his face and a yellow jacket. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> but Or whatever, anything yellow that I could make. Uh, you just pick a color and stick with it. Yeah, but... <laughs> The experience nice. of of the game just sort of saying you don't have any friends list, you don't have anything going on, you probably don't care, so we're not going to make you care. You're inside oh, the cool. game, and yeah. you don't have to be conscious of yeah. what you're connected to or what's happening under the hood. That the stuff, experience will just good. take care of itself for that you. Like that was like, the crazy yeah, thing. That's awesome. That stuff is passively stressful to me when I have to like when I play a game that right. tries There's to like, like parallax of choice with with, with parallax parallelization of choice. <laughs> yeah, like games games that sort with of no context try and seamlessly introduce multiplayer stuff into them without just saying this is a multiplayer game and just fucking join a multiplayer game. It's like the most stressful experience for me because I'm like, I I don't want to have to worry about, I, I don't know what that game even does multiplayer really, but like, I just don't ever want to have to worry about someone else like being bothered by the way I'm doing it or like affecting them or me it's, being affected by them. It seems like you have to get much farther into the game for it to start mattering. Maybe that's not true, but yeah. I mean, the impression that's what that it they, sounds like based the impression on, they based gave the in the alpha, alpha yeah. is just yeah. kind of you'll encounter other people and I imagine eventually you can, you start, I also like, I, I'm sure there are people who put every waking hour of their lives that the alpha was live into it. Whereas I only was able to put in <laughs> sure. like a little over an hours. hour. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, totally. but it just, the game did not give a shit one way or the other, how I was choosing to interface with it. Yeah. And I mean, there were pieces of interface there, obviously for like, if you have friends and you form a party right. and you have and crews fine. and all that like, stuff. Of all games, a bungee multiplayer shooter is one where I could imagine eventually ending up in that situation. I just don't like, right. Feeling like I have to be. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to build it in a way such that as you get more comfortable with the game and as you want to do more and more things in it, you can then find other people to play with and party up with them or 
you just don't ever have to interact with them, at least as far as I've, mm-hmm. unless you jump into a multiplayer arena match and just play straight up. Yeah. Whatever it was called, some stupid high, high fantasy name for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's very designed in this game. Oh, moon the, wizard mode. Probably moon wizard mode. The moon wizard's <laughs> duel. Moon wizard unlocked. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, the one other cheesy, tiny detail that I wanted to talk about, um, which I'm sure a bunch of people noticed and talked about, but Ollie said it to me as well. He just said, how about that cursor, huh? It's because the UI in this game is cursor-based, which is insane on oh, a console. Crazy. It's so good. It's so refreshing. Is to this not... coming to PC? Um, Activision has said, it seems like it'd be a good fit for PC, but we haven't announced it yet. Mm. Oh. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. So probably. So yes. probably at some point. But yeah, they have their official word is we haven't announced it and we, you know, whatever, whatever. It seems like a good fit was the most recent quote. But uh, yeah. no, it's 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 not cursor driven in a way that feels like you would translate it directly to a mouse either. Mm. The actual controls, and, and this is just like menu stuff, although there's a fair amount of menu stuff because you equip your, you know, there's yeah. uh, full character upgrade path and equip stuff like you'd find in an MMO. There's a, a lot of menus for just interacting with everything else in the game. But it's it's so strange because I didn't even think about it when I first was playing it, and then I got a couple screens into the menu and I was like, "Why well, I'm driving a console super like ultra AAA game with a cursor," which as a UI designer I always want to do on a console, and I'm always told you're not allowed to do it, and now I see why you're not allowed to do it because only this game does it in a way that's nice. Like <laughs> the way that the acceleration on the cursor works is really nice. Mm-hmm. Also. As the cursor moves like from left to right, the UI very subtly counter scrolls from right to left underneath it. Mm-hmm. So the area that you have to traverse oh, is actually shrinks. lower. So yeah, like you yeah, have yeah. really yep. high That's cursor awesome. fidelity, mm-hmm. and the world underneath it also is scrolling at like a at, like a slightly lower like right. yeah. speed, as if it's parallax uh-huh. a little farther behind the cursor. And it's like that combination so of, kind the of the world, the way that like a joystick. Uh, yeah, would theoretically operate. It just it just space. feels though like the yeah. UI is moving to meet you as you're moving towards right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't overshoot because the acceleration is really well done. It's just mm-hmm. like Bungie, and, Bungie is so preposterously good at like micro tuning, tiny like physics and movement yeah. and timing variables. It's amazing. Like I, I really think that's one of the reasons I love Halo so much. I and I, Halo is still kind of a polarizing game for a lot of, especially a lot of like hardcore gaming people but well, it's not quake 3 no but i i mean i, I also really like quake 3 but uh hmm. i don't know if you can like both those games <laughs> it's not but, allowed yeah but i god i just really feel like bungie traditionally has been so just bizarrely good at that stuff in a way that i so few developers they've are. been detail oriented like that basically for their entire existence it's yeah. really weird yeah that's an impressive value to be able to maintain over I know why 20, they as a studio have yeah. a good consistent years. heritage of, of touch and feel like, and interactivity because they started as a Mac company. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously. Uh, oh, yes. I'm kind of serious about that. I know uh, you are. What? I mean, people who use <laughs> Unity are always like, oh, it's so weird that it's like so cohesive and feels like a well thought out <laughs> interface experience. That's because it started off made by a bunch of Macintosh developers who actually have to care about that because Macintosh is Apple computer. <laughs> Bungie Macintosh. <laughs> it is weird that Bungie started off as a Mac developer. It's not weird if you think about how good their UI is. No. <laughs> that was a literal knee slapper right there. Yeah, yeah. that just knee. totally happened. That was good. Yeah, yeah. When I you think about that, that classic Macintosh game, Myth: The Fallen Lords. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was also on PC. Actually, I think by that, that time was were... that, yeah. Myth, I think, was all on PC. But if Marathon. you think about that, classic Pathways Marathon. into Darkness. Yeah, Pathways into Darkness and Marathon. I think was all yeah. on Mac. 
man, Marathon, the one game that Mac users could be like, check this out, we have this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's... You know what's the other crazy thing about that? Is that all the weird lore that they established in Marathon is all has just kind of weirdly just migrated through all their sci-fi games. Yep. All the way yeah. up to probably now. Like, they it's, had reference... They had, like preceded destiny references in halo odst halo 3 odst what uh, yeah whoa um and so like but they've they have this just chain of like ramp the concept of rampancy which is the thing that happens to cortana in halo like came from marathon and like they have so like all like the, the iconography design like they mm-hmm. bungie has this very marathon specific, to halo especially is like yeah yeah they, bungie has this very specific Icon- iconographical aesthetic that has main- been maintained since Marathon. It's really weird. It's like a strange thing to be able to maintain at a video game studio. They probably just think it's cool. I'm sure they do, but I mean, the number of people who are still there from the Marathon days is probably, I think, like two people. There's right. like Jason Jones is still there, and there's pr- maybe like a couple guys. But, but like, that's got to just be like a keep the flame lit. I, I, no, like, totally. Don't, don't let the, yeah, don't let the weird torch of Bungie legacy sure. lore uh, that's, that's, go out. That's what's interesting about it, right? Is that that is like institutionally. You know that there's people there that like when finally some executive producer comes in years from now is like, stop putting this shit in the game. They're like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> like, you just started working here five years ago. Yeah, that's why I work here. <laughs> like, you know that that guy is going to be there. Yeah. It's like. Sure. It's just not the same. Yeah. God, also. We never talked about Marty O'Donnell, like getting fired from Bungie. I don't Whoa. think on the podcast. Yeah, the yeah. composer. Do you know uh, how much of his music is in Destiny? Apparently, a lot. Because the music in Destiny, well, he said a lot. He's on Twitter when he got after he got fired. He think yeah. he said a lot of his music. Again. It's it's different tonally than Halo, but it has it has the same sort of like clarity that that music has. I guess mm. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Where you're no, just I've, like I've grown. I was like not the hugest Marty O'Donnell fan ages ago and i've increasingly grown to appreciate his work because it's so well not all of it but so much of it is so uncharacteristic for like a modern sci-fi video game Mm -hmm. because of what you say like the clarity of it you know like it's it's very distinct and specific um as opposed to just being like the thing that sounds like a big orchestra the thing that i like the least about halo is the main halo theme which i think is the thing that everyone identifies with the most strongly yeah it's it's fine halo odst soundtrack though that's smoky sax Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Play Orbital Drop Shock Trooper. Wow, I didn't even for. know that's what it was. Yeah. And I love that, that game. That's much my favorite Halo campaign. I did. I played that one and I actually played a ton of um Reach. I weirdly played, you played the like, spin-offs only. I, I played the spin-offs and not really the main series. Well games. Reach was still a bungee game though. Yeah, no. Whereas it was, Halo 4 yeah. was not. ODST right. was bungee yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you Yeah, they you, were bungee games. You they said were you played Reach and ODST. Main... You played the weird you played the yeah, offshoots. The weird games. You played yeah. the you only play Halo games where you don't play Master Chief. Basically. I well, mean you played a little things, bit of two, but not that's a That's one of the things that was cool about ODST. Yeah, I I dug it. Yeah, I really I really like that campaign a lot. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was a long time ago. It had that smoky sax in it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I play games. Smoky sax and moon wizards. I mean, those are decent <laughs> reasons. To, those are like pretty yeah, decent reasons to play particular list. games. Those are good reasons. You guys want to do some reader mail? Yeah. Sure. God, I wish I could play Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to like it, it necessarily. I just really like... I know, it did pass the test, totally apparently. At least, I at least... Well, it confirmed the- for you that you still want to keep looking at it. Yes, that's def- that's definitely true, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, the moment that I got 
the moment that I got near an enemy and saw him just sort of doing the really like Halo animation characters, the way or the way Halo enemies are animated, especially like uh, the the classic ones, mm. they almost look like claymation to me. The way that they move, <laughs> like because they're like their silhouettes are so considered oh, yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. way that they uh-huh. move, but it's also like there's not a ton of like really bouncy secondary action. It's just sort of like leg lifts and sets down, other leg lifts and sets down. It's really really deliberate. Yeah. But you, when I saw guys moving like that, I was like, yeah, Chris has to just, yeah. Um, God, do we want to read more Star Citizen stuff? There's even more rabbit hole to be explored. Yeah, we could, um, we could we could fall into Star Citizen a little more. Um, so Ben Craddock, who I, who assuming this is the same guy, I worked with this guy at Shack News years ago. Um, he writes, "Hey guys, you're talking about the first person esque silence that, or first party esque silence that sits over details about who's working on what with Star Citizen." and how some studios seem to have no details whatsoever. A few articles recently came out covering those details. One describes Founder 42, the studio heading up the single-player segment. Apparently, there are a bunch of people who jump ship from Traveler's Tales with Chris Roberts' brother Aaron. Traveler's Tales does the Lego, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter games. The other describes how the massive pile of associated studios are divvying up the project. Current developer headcount is approximately 268. Wow. Here's the most relevant quote from that one. Robert says the modular nature of the game allows each studio to lead development on a different aspect. Foundry 42 is handling the single player, Squadron 42. The Los Angeles team is focused on the combat. Austin and Montreal are developing the persistent universe and planet side action. And Star Citizen's first person shooter sections are being developed in Colorado. What the hell? Oh my god. In backer updates, the Colorado, develop- the Colorado studio developing the FPS feature set is called Redacted because apparently they can't tell us who's working on it. <laughs> Oh Here's a list of all current studio names, outsourcing and otherwise, taken from the monthly backer report. Cloud Imperium Santa Monica on ship combat. Cloud Imperium Austin on online universe. Foundry 42 on single player. Behavior Interactive doing mostly UI, but many other parts as well. CG Bot on ships. Redacted on FPS. Void Alpha on planet side environments. Turbulent.ci on web development. Moon Collider on AI. And a team of, team of freelance artists, including a ton of names. Um... Well, that gives some sense of the scope of this thing. Anyway, that's it. Cheers, guys. Best of luck in your endeavors, Ben. And then he links the articles. These were two of them were on develop online, and one of them was just a backer report on robertspaceindustries.com. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, that is bonkers. Oh, yeah. Actually, sorry, to jump back oh, to Destiny ahead. for two seconds. Yeah, yeah. The complexity and multifaceted nature of Destiny immediately also made me think of Star Citizen and made me wonder mm. how the fuck... Star Citizen is going to make all this stuff combine as seamlessly as Destiny does. Because uh, when I I saw Destiny, it's like you're you're in your ship, and then you can go up to the to the like overworld area. But then inside there, it was like walk into the marketplace, walk into the ship hangar where there's millions mm-hmm. of ships and mechanics, so you can talk to you about all the stuff. Walk outside and just hang out with other characters, and like that just all happened. And I had no knowledge of what, whether I was connected to things or if I was partying right. with friends or if I was on any server, or whatever. Pressed the button, flew up back to my ship, jumped into the like, mm-hmm. looked at the multiplayer thing for a second, jumped back down into the onto Earth, and it was just like, it all just happened without having to think about anything that was going on. And hearing that list of that number of studios with a separate team doing UI and connective tissue, it's like there. This is, Star Citizen is either going to do exactly what Destiny's doing, or it is not. And if it does not, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. In a in a like just sure. I don't know the amount of. No, it's definitely. A, I mean. If it does do what Destiny does, it will have been a, an incredible development feat for sure. Yeah, it's just it's it was staggering to look at Destiny and see that Bungie had decided to bite that much off, mm-hmm. and that all of it at least 
gave the impression like in a controlled alpha yeah, of yeah, working yeah. cohesively. Sure. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, just a first-person shooter component being developed by an unnamed studio in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, are they in a bunker under? I, a, a what studios are even in Colorado? Um, There's a few. So in Colorado, God, wasn't there? There were the guys who made that that MMO Jump Gate, I think, and oh, the Lego okay. online thing. I think they were in Colorado, right? God, it's been so so long since I had to have this kind of knowledge just at the forefront of my mind. Um, I mean, I, it's it's got to be a tremendous worry. Whoever's coordinating all of that, like oh that god, I know they must have people... they must have an army of producers. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Dire World, Dire Wolf Digital in Denver. There was a Disney studio there for a while. Limb I think. Interactive in Colorado. Backflip Studios. Um, redacted <gasps> redacted under the mountain <laughs> yeah anyway whatever in a bunker <laughs> um anyway so uh so we got another star citizen email from yalk Redna who wrote the crazy like just primer on all that all that stuff last week um so he says uh so when you guys commented on in last week's episode nailed it also 90 dollars per registered player sounds about right one more thing on top of lifetime insurance, permadeath. This is another layer of complexity I didn't mention in my last email. When you sign up on the forum, when you buy a ship, you have a secret login name and only you know it. You also have a handle that you and only those you send it to will know. It's displayed under your character name on the forum and you can get snooper type equipment to tell the handle of others on close inspection. What? Oh my god. You then have your character's name. This name is only applicable to that character. When that dude dies, actually they said it would take a couple times of dying, that character is done, finished. You go to the character creator again and make a new character. The new character is the benefactor to your first character. So permadeath for the ultra-hardcore role players, but not quite permadeath, as in you keep all your stuff. Including your UEE citizenship, as it can be inherited, inherited as well, which grants you perks as being a citizen should. You gain citizenship and star citizen by joining the military arm of the UEE. In real-world real speak, you have to pay the single play, play the single-player Squadron 42 before playing the multiplayer star citizen portion. This doesn't mean you couldn't skip Squadron 42 with the intent of playing as an outlaw in Star Citizen. This premise is based on Highline Starship Troopers. You gain citizenship through military service. That ex- I was That's so confused. When I signed up for this thing to buy my $40 ship, I was so confused as to why it was making me choose all these different names and why they weren't allowed to be the same as each other. I'm like, I don't – just make it all be my name just so I can log in <laughs> so with that. So you're probably like – Chris Ramo, also Chris Ramo too. Chris Ramo, Ramo. <laughs> There's like dashes and shit in there. I, like, so all of these are now someone can just guess and steal yeah. all of your shit. <laughs> exactly. Also, Stars, citizen. Insurance. It was stated that it would take time to refund your ship based on its abundance. Having a cheaper ship, Aurora for instance. Oh, that's one of the ones I have. Or that is the <laughs> Having one. Having a shitty junk pile. <laughs> um, means you will likely get that ship back instantly, like having a Ford Fiesta. Having a high-end <laughs> premium Mercedes S-Class means you might have to wait a bit. I'm not sure if this has changed. There's also upgrade insurance. This covers any post-ship purchase upgrades you make, like better guns and engines, etc. Ship insurance covers the basic haul and whatever comes on it. This covers your ride no matter where you go. Upgrade insurance, on the other hand, only covers your upgrade to a certain extent by varying degrees based on high security, low security, null security. So there's like there's like um, deductibles and shit. This, and all yeah, kind of, this is... Okay, it was also stated that ships won't be that hard to earn in game. There's also a loan system to get your first ship that you pay back gradually as you play. Jesus! Ships are mostly priced the way they are now for funding. I don't think you'll be able to buy things straight up with cash after launch. You can get a certain allotment of credits per day. Mm. Their proposed system has had critics on the forum, and I'm not sure how or if it will end up like they've proposed. 
Semi-pay, free-to-play, optional, I don't know. Finally, oh, then he links this commercial, the 300 series, the next generation is now. Um, those car commercials are crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this, I'm going to finish this guy's email, and then I want to talk about those, because those were amazing. Your views on this whole thing have been interesting. It pretty much sums up my internal battle between grown-up and eight-year-old me. Part of me says my body is ready, and the other part is just, wow, they're genius. The whole thing is that Star Citizen is strange on the evil mastermind scale, which makes it an interesting topic. Super love the show. Thanks again, Clay. Um, yeah, so, God, someone else in a different email um, emailed us like a roundup of all of the ship commercials that Robert Space Industries has released to promote these ships that you can currently buy with real money. Danielle, you haven't seen, have you seen these? I've not seen this. These, all new to me. these were incredible. These were like basically lifestyle car commercials where there's like this one that he mentions, the 300 series. It, Is that the truck one? No, that's the, that's like the BMW one where it's like oh, right. luxury vehicle. There was one that was for like a, a, like, I guess mining or smuggling vehicle or something. That but was it, pitched it was like, like a Ford F one fifty ad. Yeah, oh, wow. you got to haul stuff and wear big gloves. Like yeah. the hell, like, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Was it was awesome. pitch perfect. That one especially. They were terrifying because they made me want to buy those ships. <laughs> it was outrageous. I yeah. kind of want to just put the audio for that freight smuggler one or like a slice of it in. Like, yeah, sure. We I don't know. That. I mean, yeah. I can we just listen to it really quick or like load it up somehow because yeah. I kind of want you to see this because oh, they're awesome. crazy. Like okay. they have. Car commercials don't work on me very well, at least, because I know that I can never afford a car that's in them, and also because I've seen a million car commercials, but seeing one for a spaceship that probably doesn't cost that much money in a video game and is cool worked. I mean, that's amazing. I looked at it and said, that's how they're making all this money. And I don't know if that's actually true, but holy crap, it seems like it might be. A com comes over the spectrum with a job. All it says is an amount of cargo, a delicate timetable, and a risky route. You know you've got 42 cubic meters to pack full of profit. We're talking pressurized and shock-resistant construction. So whatever you put in here comes out the same way. You got two Arc Duo 400 engines. Their award-winning colloid ion technology gives you maximum fuel efficiency while keeping your SIG low. You come across a couple of pirates. But with a weapon system featuring trusted names like Bering and Cronin. You aren't too worried. Commercial vessel, freelancer class. Rig tags look good. Cleared for landing at Area 18. Yeah. You're the one they come to when they need a job done right. Because you trust one ship. Misc Freelancer. Built for life. So crazy. Awesome. I kind of just want a pickup truck now, I think, actually. (laughs) 
Like, I don't know. Only if it comes with a chronic weapon system. There's another one that's basically like a Honda Civic ad right, or like, something where it's like... Maybe what you want is a little more cargo space. Maybe you want a roof rack. It's yep. like it's the one that's aimed for like you just got out of college and have your first yeah. job and you kind of want a grown-up car. Right. But you can't quite afford it, so it's like... So they can upsell you on all these yeah, little the ones like, like... The seats slide out system. of the way. <laughs> yeah. It'll be useful. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the young adult car, the luxury car, the like cowboy freight truck mm-hmm. one. Trucker. And then they had one other one. I can't they remember They one that was. was like a high-end SUV style one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it has all the right music and the right voice narrators yep. and stuff. Yep. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, the, the... Like the fake Sam Elliott basically for this. Like, <laughs> yep. oh, I don't God, know. The, the one for the one that is like a Civic was just a guy being like, um, I don't know. I guess could really use that cargo. It was sort of like young, right, hopeful like, kind of. Oh, but maybe twenty. Oh, right. Then yeah, he's like, yeah. that one's a little too high price for me. So I'll maybe drop it down one. But I'll keep the leather seat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, I should probably upgrade the power plant. I did like the leather seats on that LX, though. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's see what this baby can do. Oh yeah. my god, that's so so good. Yeah, it was beautiful too. It was like really nicely animated and pretty. Yeah, yeah they did. People a really say good the job. game also just looks like that when you're running it too. Oh I mean, obviously that's what you'd hope, given yeah. that it's all the assets. But like, mm-hmm. in the idle forums, thread for people were just were specifically saying they were shocked at how that actually does translate just to be the case when you're playing the game. Yeah. That guitar plays and that guy narrates your whole gameplay if you <laughs> play through if you've got that truck it was car. Such a beer at the end. It was such a space beer. I yep. know. And the guy's yeah. just like a beefy kind of just yeah. dude. Ball ball white dude with his space beard. His space beard, his freight <laughs> mobile. It's so yeah. Built for life. Yeah, the logo even has like the, yeah. the metal with like the, the embossed trunk, metal trunk, and then it yeah. slams exactly. the yep. slogan into it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, I, I want to buy that now. Um, I don't even know what this Right, I don't even is, know what that I, is. I want it. <laughs> so here's an E3-related email from Alex Colby. He says, Hey, Thumbs, recently discovered your podcast and want to say you're great. You've been helping me get through my monotonous work days. I'm listening to your latest episode as intrigued by Ori in the Blind Forest, so I went and looked up the clip shown at E3. I couldn't help but be amused at coming across the perfect example of exclusivity right after listening to you guys discuss it in the same episode. The term, I agree the term's been tortured and manipulated for marketing purposes over the years, and although harmless, can be annoying to consumers. When I first saw the only on Xbox One banner on the Ori trailer, I got really upset, as I don't own one. I then noticed right above the trailer that it's also coming to PC, which I do have. It makes me question that term if I see it in other media for games now, and I feel like I'm going to have to do additional research every time I hear about exclusive if I want to know the truth about whether it's actually available or not. I trust the big brand companies even less, like they give a shit, but... Really, it is just slightly frustrating as a consumer who likes to play games on console and PC to feel like you can just be ignored. They're exploiting, mar- exploiting marketing buzzwords just because they can in an event like E3. That's all. Sorry, I don't have anything more insightful to add. I should get back to work. You guys are great. Thanks for providing such a wonderful podcast. Regards, Alex. And then he has a screenshot of the, a video saying only on Xbox One. And then above it is a text line that says, Ori in the Blind Forest is scheduled to launch later this fall simultaneously on Xbox One and Windows PC. How is that? How is that okay? Exclusively on console. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that game looks really pretty. I mean, I, I don't blame that person for wanting to play it. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I read this email is because it was just such a specific, absurd example of, yeah. like, yep. of that exact thing. And I, I didn't notice, actually, when I was screening the email that he had a screenshot of... Just the most brazen version of it's that. It's a weird evolutionary thing, though, right? Because, like, in the original Xbox era, like, I remember 
I mean, Nintendo's been all about that forever. Like oh, yeah. the, the the little like torn down corner on the N sixty four game saying it's only on Nintendo sixty four and PlayStation, whatever, only whatever. Yeah. But only on Xbox was the thing that was like at the end of every trailer for mm-hmm. like E three after E three. But now, as Steam has become relevant and as everyone's development cycle, or like the the way that you make games is in, almost entirely develop it on PC and then make a build to a console. Where, yeah. Whereas older style was you actually built the game on console dev hardware and ran it live. Everyone's games build the PC and Steam exists. So now it's sort of shaken out that it just means it's not on the other console. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but, I like, guess the I, thinking. It, oh, it feels like well, it just it feels like that's probably what the thinking, or what not to use your own words. Sorry, no, that's okay. I didn't mean to hijack your sentence and then use your own <laughs> you language against you. You can have it. It's good. It, I guess, it reveals that that's all that it ever meant, but the developers had no reason to put it on PC in the past. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it would have been actually only on Xbox a means to do so. Yeah, only yeah. on Xbox console, and it's always meant that. But yeah, there's no like. Like the the one that I think of because it was the game that I was the most excited about that was an Xbox exclusive at the time was Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Psychonauts was not coming out on the PC in part because I don't I bet Psychonauts didn't even build the PC in two thousand five. Probably. Like I bet that that like let alone someone's gonna play it with an Xbox controller on a PC like they're just let alone someone's gonna be able to download it like there's the infrastructure wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a standardized thing at and all. And then yeah. now that it is there, it turns out that console manufacturers still don't care that it's there, so they don't care if the word exclusive applies to that at all, because it doesn't. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's yeah, but odd. It, no, yeah, totally. totally I, you're right, I think, historically, but the reality is you have guys like this guy who's like, yes. oh, it's only on Xbox One. Well, I guess I can't play it. Right. That and sucks. That's the part yeah. that's a little weird, because then like the Microsoft guy just goes... <laughs> it is a, buy that Xbox One. I'm yeah, like, exactly. God damn it, right. I could have got it. And then you walk home with your Xbox One, and then it's in a Steam sale for three dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Microsoft doesn't want you to know that it's available on Microsoft Windows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, cannibalize your own platform. No, I, I know they don't care. They don't care at all. I think it's that the Microsoft Games Division would prefer that you did not know that it was in the Microsoft's like software groups operating system. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that said, that gets completely into the insane territory of like Microsoft Xbox Entertainment Dashboard Division would prefer that you, in fact, did not know that it was out because they'd much rather you buy the complete house on like HD re-release or something. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure those groups have to fight for dashboard space. That's a, at least I remember hearing like around like the first time the new Xbox experience came out on the 360 where they were pushing media way harder that that was like a shitty fucking time <laughs> where like you if like your game would be guaranteed marketing space by Microsoft and then they'd be like oh my hands are tied because we got this TV show <laughs> oh, no. and like they bought out the whole front page like yeah oh, we'll God. promote you next week like but I released this week <laughs> um I'm I imagine that stuff has been more sorted and streamlined in the in the meantime yeah. but I'm sure that that like bureaucratic madness must just be sure everywhere. There shades of that that remain, like, and that's why I'm in constant fear that Steam is going to like branch out I and know, start supporting yeah, more right? stuff. Yep. Because with Steam, it's closer to dealing with Google or something where it's just like, I it feel at least like the feeling is maybe if someone happens to walk past their computer when your email comes in, you'll be noticed. <laughs> yeah, but, but otherwise, there's, there's no clear, it's just echoing off into like the yeah, matrix room no where like, process yeah. For, yeah, having things addressed. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So if they're also like, oh my god, I don't know. Maybe that would never happen. But I always live in fear of the of Steam being like we're partnering with NBC to bring you their best Oof, shows. Yeah, oh yeah. God. Also, that's the only that's the only organization big enough that they would demand right sales reps right. And then like, 
Ah, yeah, that's probably over. never going to happen. Yeah, it, yeah. Steam, I think, is a long way away from that. But, but I, I know hopefully they just go a completely it. other direction. They're like, you can subscribe to the New York Times through Steam. <laughs> oh God, get your Newsweek yeah. issues. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath for that. What? Usually delivered huh? on paper. Yeah. Maybe they're delivered via scream sheets. I the New Yorker oh, on my phone. They fax them to you. I had yeah. paper New Yorker subscription until like two I, I weeks ago. I have paper New Yorker, but it also comes with oh, phone access. Quite nice. Yeah. I had paper New Yorker subscription for a long time, and then too many of them just ended up stacked on top of the toilet. I was like, I'm yeah. not reading enough of these. <laughs> it is, that is a serious problem. Yeah, like I have a backlog of 10 things I need to read before I can go to sleep, and then I started reading books again. Wait, like you're not allowed to fall asleep until you read all these 10 things? Yeah, you know, you got to have a very compulsive personality <laughs> like some of us in this room. <laughs> Sometimes that sort of happens. Fair enough. Yeah. I get over my compulsive personality through laziness and apathy. <laughs> but then I still just feel that bad about all of it. Oh, yeah, so. that's the worst combination. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah, I feel yeah, like I should be doing them, and then I don't, so that's, I just feel mm-hmm, bad. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst. That's special. It is special, Daniel. <laughs> I'll just, I guess you. I'll just go without sleep forever. It's good. No, that's probably smarter. Preparing two different types of misery, I guess it's, uh, you know, nobody really wins. We all lose. And that's okay. I heard that we received a very special email, Chris. Did we? Did Sean not write it? He said he was going to write an email. Oh, totally um, I was looking in the to read. Maybe he did. Oh, we didn't file that one as Sean. to read. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> Sean Vanneman for Danielle. First time, long time. Did you ride in the Call of Duty Humvee Uber at E3? If not, did you engage with any other blockbuster fr- brands? Your friend, Sean. P.S. You are my favorite person at Polygon, but don't tell love of my life, Justin McElroy. <laughs> I won't tell Justin. Um, I did not ride in the Call of Duty, whatever the hell, Humvee, um, sadly. Humvee Uber? Is that what it said? Humvee Uber? Mm-hmm. Uber Humvee? Yeah, Humvee no, Uber. I, I didn't. I saw them driving around. Uh, that did, was a thing. Did you yeah, engage with any other blockbuster brands? I guess Alien's sort of a blockbuster brand. That's true, yeah. Maybe. That's, that's true. Yeah. The outside and of Mario... E3 is always just covered in military vehicles of some kind whether it's actually the army there to promote america's army or it's the army vehicles there to promote call of duty or battlefield or an upstart in that field there's always just tanks and shit outside of it it's getting so much worse actually when people rappel down like oh yeah sky (laughs) (laughs) on the topic of military like fetishism at in games I, so I'm, I I I don't know what the actual game is. It's probably not this, I guess. But there was a teaser for Battlefield Hardline, yes. and the entire teaser was just basically like riot gear pornography. It was oh, just yeah. like dudes strapping on like body armor and like loading guns and like spent <laughs> bullets flying through the air. And, and then like, they pepper gas she- one guy yeah, outside of UC yeah, Davis. Basically. It's, ba- it's basically the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing, my hippies, the thing conveyed know? by the trailer was like, get ready to beat the shit out of some rioters. Like that's what it, that's oh, what totally. It, it was actually it really was weird. Really... It was a weird, maybe, weird maybe that game. Oh God, what I keep forgetting it. Is it insomniac? What's the game with the wacky sh- half a head shave skateboarder guy? 
Oh, oh Sunset, uh, Sunset Overdrive. Overdrive. Yeah, hey. maybe those two games are actually the same <laughs> oh game, my God. and it's an asymmetric multiplayer oh, game. Man. That would be the best maybe there's possible just, like, world. Yeah. If you cross-cut those two trailers, it would probably be pretty good of just like, <laughs> just, like oh strapping stuff up, right. and then that guy like grinding on, <laughs> here's the, <laughs> and like, then just back to like the row of the <laughs> a million super thick plexiglass shields like <laughs> lining up, and then that guy like spray painting on something and grinding something as like you just do it like uh uh. Yeah. No, that was him like with your hand. Oh. That was the spray paint. Oh, yeah, but then it cuts to a guy going uh uh uh, and then I don't know. It feels like those two trailers could probably oh be cut God. together to be yeah, the best sure. game that was not at E3. I'm gonna do that when I okay, go home. That's fine. Make that please, please actually do. I seriously will. No, that's the only thing that would make me want to play that fucking game. Like either of those games, honestly. Like the weirdest thing about the Battlefield Hardline stuff is that they demoed it on like a rooftop in L.A. in downtown L.A. and like. I, I don't know exactly how close, but it was, like, within a mile, there was actually a lone gunman, like, in real life in L.A., like, holding a hostage or something. Jesus, it was just, like, yeah. the most tone-deaf yeah. E3 thing of life. It was, like, militarized police on a, you know, on a skyscraper. Oh, also, this thing's also, actually happening. Meanwhile, in a nearby skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, Christ. exactly. And yeah. we were all, like, in, in our little room, you know, where we are during the trailers. Right. When, you're, when you're in the situation like, where the PR guy has to go, ha, 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 ha he's not one of us. Yeah. Then you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, no. PR is done. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. That was really rough. I'm um, going to make that trailer. I'm yeah, no, please do. do. Also, speaking of I don't know if that Polygon, would actually work. I don't know if it'll play. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Speaking of Polygon people making videos, I, can't, I don't want to not mention this because Justin, Justin McElroy's name came up. <laughs> Justin made an amazingly hilarious uh, it's video, but it's basically just audio that you can find on, on his YouTube account that is like his idea of the recording session um, where – Peter Dinklage recorded the like the voice that, of the AI, the voice of the yeah the, the AI from the Destiny moon. recording the that wizard came from the moon line, and it's just four and a half minutes basically of Justin reading that line. It's Peter Dinklage recording his like he's like an AI cube, he's like the Destiny version of Cortana, but it's Peter Dinklage's voice. But this is Justin McElroy's take on it as if it's the Orson Welles peas commercial, basically. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's that's but, accurate. Yeah. Yes. Um. So anyway, just listen to that. It's, it's funny. It's a beautiful. It's thing. really good. That guy's hilarious. So um. God, there was one other thing that I remembered in the middle of all this that I wanted to say, but I, I hope that cube gets increasingly nude over Destiny games. Also, oh, nude cube, yeah, nude cube. If that cube just slowly like walls of it re- are released over subsequent Destiny, <laughs> like games, a nude cube with Tude. Well, it just like then reveals talking. a nude Peter Dinklage inside. I think that would be... <laughs> if, you think, if you think it'll emote further as as nude as it gets, as as, as nude as it becomes, it becomes more raw and emotive. You know, yeah, Wizard people... came from the moon becomes those other readings. Of the <laughs> yeah, well, eventually, what Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Guaranteed does not sign up for Destiny 2. Hopefully they get Justin McElroy to do uh, to be the new cube. And then maybe it will also slowly like as the walls are re- released. Oh, man. It's a 50-50 nude Peter Dinklage Justin McElroy hybrid oh, character. That gets my butt in it's the seat like the for sure. It's like the double fine little dude, the two-headed. Oh, I don't man. mean that it's like a two-headed like creature. Oh, yeah, it's a half he means hybrid. it's like I mean it's like a the morph. Design is like yeah, it's like halfway <laughs> it's between. It's like they them. took inspiration it's from both. Better. Yeah. From, you know, they want to respect the heritage of the original voice but Naturally. also pay homage to the new right. voice of the Peter yeah. Dinklage cube. The way that Cortana like started out as this very kind of just sort of just general just kind of computer lady. shape yeah. and then increasingly became what obviously must have been a real-world model. That was just she's just a naked lady. 
right? Yeah, right. So, sure. but in this case, in this case, it goes from a cube to Peter Dinklage to Justin to McElroy. Justin McElroy. Oh my God. Yes. They hopefully keep the cube theme somewhere in the design of the character. Maybe well. the maybe what happens is the the character has like is is it a hologram? No, the Cortana? cube. Is no, Cortana? no, this is just oh. literally a cube floats in front of the screen. Oh, it's just okay. like it looks like a like a oh, sci-fi companion. Because I was going to say if it was like a hologram, it could like flicker between. Uh, no, no, no. What, I, what I'm saying Magaroy. is that hopefully inside of that cube, no, I understand is just what a hologram you're of Peter just, Dinklage's face. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> Okay. And nude body. Oh well, that's fine. Well, that's, that's not. Still, that's, that that's, still that's, do. that's not in the law right now. I know it's not, but I'm saying in this fictional, in, in what, what they're going be. to do in Destiny Two yes, and Three. Exactly. Yeah. I'm saying in where the series is obviously going. The trajectory. Like we were talking about how Bungie likes their like little lore and wacky references, so they looked at that image of the different Cortanas over all the different games, and they looked at the cube and were like, "Fuck, no, 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 we got a plan for this. Don't worry, don't worry. We know." It could be the face of Peter Dinklage in the body of Justin McElroy. That's fine. That's a good enough morph. I'd rather it was just a 50-50 split. Yeah, I, I like I like it being an, a weird, uncanny oh, yeah. kind of... Where sort dis- of like sometimes you think it looks like Justin and then like right. he'll like flash a facial expression. Exactly. You get a glint like in his eye idea, and you're yeah. like, that's Dinklage in there. Yeah, He's still I in think, there. I like the idea that it's actually both of them, but the game is just very clever about how it blends between the two. Right. Oh, but yeah. the voice is all... Well, I mean, obviously that the voice is one of the difference as well because it's yeah. Justin McElroy doing a Peter Dinklage <laughs> parody impression. <laughs> There's so many layers to this. God, yeah. I would play this game for sure. Yeah, seriously. Fuck everything else. We just like we need an iOS like second screen experience of just this cube that you could peel the edges <laughs> off to get a hologram Peter yeah, Dinklage just a McElroy mutation. One. Yes. Oh my god. God, this is like weirdly completely what, up Peter Molyneux. What destiny? Alley. So it is just destiny. Call, what's inside the cube? Inside the cube. But then the subtitle is it is a nude Peter Dinklage. <laughs> this is Justin where the McElroy this hybrid. is where the Milo project was going. This is like in up Peter Molyneux's alley in multiple ways. I want to see inside Milo. the cube. Inside the cube. What's inside the cube? Uh, it's Your a destiny. cyborg a hologram. Peter Dinklage. That's what I Justin said earlier. That's, that's the subtitle of this game. It is destiny. What's inside the cube? I'm answering it. Yeah, the subtitle is a, a, a oh, okay. cyborg hologram. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Justin McElroy morph. <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses voiced by Justin McElroy only. <laughs> but a Peter Molyneux game. <laughs> Twenty two cans presents. <laughs> And then it turns out that it's just gamified and fucking free to play it up the ass and no one will play it. Yeah. I'd still play it. I would, yeah, I would, I would still play would this still game. Play you just dump $300 into immediately Obviously, to the end. God, if there's any <laughs> game that one would, one must. Yeah. I think you're right. God, I can't wait for Destiny 2. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Um, oh, um, two things. One thing. Um, a really. <laughs> the, uh, it's a, time for Chris Ramos famous segment. Two things. One thing. Shut up. <laughs> um, so this week or in the last week at some point, uh, a really talented uh, Idle Thumbs reader put together uh, what he called Idle Thumbs Animated One, which was. A clip from, I think Idle Thumbs 138 or something. I think it's a clip from The Octopus in My Mind. The Octopus in My Mind, yeah. Um, uh, forum member Backad put this together. It's just an animated uh, take on Sean's octopus dream, if you remember this, about <laughs> Robin Wright. So, and that Dalmatian octopus, and that, that, Dalmatian chased, him octopus yeah. that chased him up his house. 
So you can see that at blog.idlethumbs.net, and there's a link to the forum post that it came from, as well as the YouTube video. Um, I just wanted to, to oh, Idlethumbs 148 is what it was. I just wanted to mention it because it was really well done, and it cracked me up. Um, the other thing is Idlevice. Yes. Uh, the Idlevice t-shirt, that pink and teal version of the Idlethumbs t-shirt that we did the poll about uh, like a month ago and then printed a bunch of those sold out like immediately. And we kind of didn't notice for a, a little while that they yeah, were out of we stock. Thought they were going to last longer. So, cause they just went, which is awesome. You get your um, but we, um, so if you nice. order one in the last couple of weeks and you've noticed that it's been stalled out, it's because we actually were out of stock, but they are back in stock now and they are going to be shipping out very soon. So if you ordered one, they should be heading out. If you saw or heard that they were slowed down, know that there is a fresh batch of hot coral and teal Idle Thumbs t-shirts waiting for you at store.idlethumbs.net. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we should also thank Naturebox one more time. Mm, Naturebox. Naturebox, the snack subscription service that is delicious. Uh, they send... <laughs> uh, they send all kinds of good treats. Yeah, a box of tasty snacks of all kinds, sweet, savory, crunchy, chewy, whatever you just whatever your snacking face wants to eat. <laughs> um, yep, you can get them at naturebox.com/thumbs uh, for 50% off your first order. You eat them, Naturebox. What do you do, Chris? You eat them. You eat them. Delightful. They are. <laughs> I was about to ruin the logo the logo. Goodbye. <laughs> Ruin your slow go goodbye. It's also part of the subtitle of Destiny 2. Destiny 2, what's inside the cube? A hologram of a nude Peter Dinklage, Justin McElroy morph. Ruin your slow go today by Peter Molyneux. 22 Cans 22 presents. presents from the creators of Milo and Dungeon Keeper. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Phyllis. The delicious snacks that are fun to eat. They come in a box. Ship to you every month. Nature box. Nature box. Nature box. Snacks to eat them. (laughs) You eat them. Eat me. Eat your box. Eat your box. That's not the slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Strategy chocolate. (laughs) Racing wasabi. I was exploding so much. I was exploding so much. I was exploding so much.